You like this girl more than friends. You are attracted to this girl. You have a connection with her. You have a heart connection to her. Don't deny that, okay? This is more than a friendship. So I'm going to point out that you like this girl more than friends, meaning that you cannot stay friends with her and be happy. That's not going to work. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, episode 166. Thanks for being here and watching and listening wherever you're coming from, all the different platforms, all the different countries in the world. I love that you guys have embraced this podcast and and you love to listen in on other people's questions or your questions. And if you want me to answer it, all you got to do is email me grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. That's what I do on this podcast is just answer your questions about any subject in the world. We have talked about just about everything over the course of 166 episodes, and uh, you, you probably can't surprise me anymore, even though I love it if you try to surprise me. I don't have all the answers. I just answer it as though we're friends and we're driving down the road in a truck and you ask me a question and I try to help you answer it the best way I can as a friend. Sometimes, maybe a lot of times, that's with tough love. I don't have any notes in front of me. I'm not prepared. Uh, I'm just making this up as I go. And so with that, if you want to email me, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Let's do it. Let me get to the first question. The subject line says, hmm, we're going we're gonna to start with a banger here. Subject line, abstaining from t- sex for the first time. Abstaining from sex for the first time. Hey, Granger, first off, uh, thank you for your music and your podcast. Love the new album. I'm really enjoying your podcast. My name is Matt, 25 years old, Marine Corps flight student. I've been a Christian for a long time now, but recently I've been trying to give more effort and devotion to giving, to giving my life to Christ. Also, I've been working on cutting out drinking and saving sex for marriage. I have been doing well with both, but I'm worried that with a new relationship, when it pops up, it may be hard to abstain uh, because of all my past relationships have not been that way. My question is to you, is it okay if Christian couples sleep in the same bed? And what do you do when things get heated and you're wrapped up in the moment? How can you make abstaining easy on you and your partner while still being physically close? Any advice on how you can abstain for the first time in a relationship, that would be greatly appreciated. God bless. Semper Fi. Yeah, buddy, Matt, thanks for the email. And uh, Urah, you are 25 years old, Marine Corps flight student. And uh, you're asking some tough questions for a 25-year-old Marine. And I appreciate you, brother. I really do. Um, let, me go, let me go with the first, the, your first real question here is... Is it okay if Christian couples sleep in the same bed? Okay. Um, So it depends on what your goal is. Your goal is, uh, okay, first it depends on if you're married or not, because I understand your question and where your questions are leading. So I understand what you want your goal to be. And your goal, I'm going to help you with your goal. Your goal is that you want to save yourself, save sex for marriage. That Those are your words. You want to save sex for marriage. And so if you want me, if you're asking as a friend and we're driving in the truck and you say, Granger, can you help me meet this goal of saving sex for marriage? And then you ask me the first question, do you think it's okay if Christian couples sleep in the same bed? Okay. 
So we could tackle that with an analogy. You say something like, hey, Granger, I've got a, uh, I've got a really big goal. I do not want to fall off of a cliff. Can you help me with that? I'm like, yeah, I could, I could help you. And you say, okay. My first question is, is it okay if I sit on the edge of a cliff and dangle my feet off? What do you think my answer is going to be? I'm going to say, buddy, uh, if you want me to help you to not fall off a cliff, then I'm going to say, let's stay away from the cliff as far as possible. And so relating to your, your question specifically, I would say, you want to sleep in the same bed? Like, can you do that, bro? Because I, I couldn't. Could you, could you, are you, you have that much self-discipline that you could do that? If your answer is yes, I would say you're either lying or you haven't tested yourself fully yet, right? And so uh, that's kind of my answer in a roundabout way. Do you think Christian couples should sleep in the same bed uh, before they're married and they're trying to abstain from sex? I would say, bro, you're, you're crazy. Why would, why would you tempt yourself like that? Like why put yourself through, why put yourself literally through that kind of torture? Um, because then your other question is, uh, how do you abstain easily while you and your partner um, are heated, getting heated and wrapped up in the moment, is, is your words. Um, I would say you better, you better pump the brakes and try not to get heated and wrapped up in the moment. Uh, let me just give you an example. Um, my brother got married to his wife, his current wife, Amy, uh, last year. It was like eight months ago, pretty recently. And they wanted to save themselves for marriage. They wanted to be able to give that kind of gift to each other. Um, when they got married, they wanted to say, look, we saved, we saved ourselves, and here we go. Uh, this is my gift to you when they got married. It's really awesome. And they realized quickly through the engagement that that's going to be difficult. You know, the closer they got, the later the night got, you know, they're watching a movie, they're kind of cuddled, cuddled up on the couch, uh, that's going to get difficult. So Amy, they, they decided to be proactive. Amy decides to live with us during the engagement, which was like a six-month engagement. She lives with me and my family. Uh, and then it got to the point where Parker, my brother, said, uh, we're going to have to cut out kissing. They literally stopped kissing. Now, some of you listening are like, that's insane. You can't kiss your fiance. No, it's, it's not a rule that you can't kiss your fiance, but for Parker, he didn't want that kiss to lead to things getting, according to your words, Matt, uh, heavy and wrapped up. So um, do things according to how you think you could handle them. And I would say that you probably can't handle them as well as you think if you really love this girl. Bottom line is you're looking for a relationship to get married. You're not looking for a relationship to have fun or to casually date. Uh, you are looking with a mission, with an end goal of finding your spouse. Now, that, that's not me telling you what to do. That's just me dissecting your email and helping you give help you helping you get on your way <laughs> with what you want to do. So, yeah, that's my advice is that when you meet somebody and you know that she's the one and you've, you've vetted her significantly through um, your friends and your, your parents and her parents and you've had some deep conversations and you've talked about some tough subjects and, and you're attracted to her and you feel butterflies and you want to marry her and you feel like she's the love of your life, then you hurry up and make that engagement pretty quick. 
then you don't have to worry about it. Next question, subject line, interesting enough, says, please don't skip me. I need prayer. Hey, my name is McKenna. I'm not sure if you're going to remember me, but I'm the woman who messaged you not too long ago asking for prayer and guidance on what to do, and now I'm really going to need it again. The first email I sent you, I needed guidance if I should invite my father to the wedding when he wasn't being the kind father we both needed and not wanting to come to the wedding for his own personal reasons. The wedding has passed now. And we've had our wedding, October 11th, 2022. The reason I'm writing you needing prayer is today the Lord has taken my dad home. I am so filled with guilt and regret, wishing I could go back in time and just hold him again and tell him that I love him. All the what-ifs I wish I could have are all running through my mind. This is the worst pain I've ever gone through. It feels like the nightmare, and I just want to wake up please send prayers and guidance. I need it more than anything. Love, McKenna. McKenna, I'm so sorry. And I do I do remember you and I remember your question. Um, you're the one that had the father uh, that was not very supportive and didn't want to come to the wedding. I remember talking about that and I think I posted that on TikTok and had a lot of people that um, were in the same boat as you. Now he's passed away and you feel guilt and regret. And you wish you could just tell him you love him. Wow. There's so much in that, right? Because as we've taken this journey on this podcast, me and the listeners, you have taken this journey together and and some of these stories have evolved. So here we go with the story that a lot of people that you had, a lot of people could relate to with a father that was not supportive of a wedding and was narcissistic, if I, if I remember. And you, you didn't know what to, how to handle that situation. And a lot of people chimed in on the comments and were like, yes, my dad is narcissistic. My dad, too, uh, didn't want to go to my wedding, et cetera, et cetera. But here, the story gets an extra wrinkle because now he's passed. And so for all the people that were like, yeah, me too, my dad too, I want you to think about everyone that said that and chimed in. I want you to think about how you would feel as McKenna now. It's interesting and then you think about losing that person that you thought you were having some strife with, thought you were having some rub with. What would you do if you lost them? What would you do to have one more chance to tell them you're sorry, to hold them, to hug them, to tell them you love them? It could change the perspective of someone that goes, you know, what? I'm so tired of my dad and he doesn't want to go to my wedding and he's a narcissist and he just has his own agenda. Well, Imagine losing them. How would you feel? Because that's what McKenna's going through. And it's, it changes things. Now, that wasn't for you. That was for everyone else, McKenna. But for you, um, I want to say I'm, I'm so sorry. I do know what it's like to lose a father, and it's tough. I, I wrote a song um, before my dad passed, after my granddad passed, called Five More Minutes. And... Um, the whole purpose of the song was really that just if I wish I had five more minutes with my grandpa and the bridge that I wrote ended up being, um, I think the bridge, the, the words say, um, I drove to see dad yesterday and when it was time to go, I told him, wait, give me five more minutes. Just one more time. Uh, I forgot the words to my song, but it's something like that. You wish you just had one one more chance to share a cup of coffee and 
sit with them. And that's a beautiful thing in a lot of ways, because that means that that means that love is real and that we share something together uh, as you're the daughter and, and as the father and me as the son, and we, we share something, a bond that sometimes is, is heightened after the loss. We understand it more. We understand what we had more after we lose it. And there's so many things in life, you don't realize what you have until it's gone. And when it's gone, you, you just wish you had one more chance to say you love them or to say you're sorry or to say all that stuff that, that you had against them or that you, you thought was a, a problem between you. All that stuff just doesn't mean anything anymore. It's overshadowed by the, the loss and the love. And don't you wish we could just have that kind of perspective every day? Don't you think we could, don't you wish we could walk through life and see things and people and things that we do and passions that we love? Don't you think we could see it? Don't you wish we could see it with the eyes of someone that knows what it's like to lose it? It's nearly impossible to do. We can go through moments, little flashes and moments of, man, what would it be like to, to lose my wife? It would be crazy. And then you could just hold her a little bit tighter. But then it starts fading and reality sets in and it's just a normal day. And you take it for granted. That's what we do. We're so good at taking things for granted. We're, we're so good at being selfish and thinking about ourselves and thinking about our problems and our our parties and our weddings and our holidays and our work and our fatigue and our distress and we we lose sight of the others around us so mckenna i'm sorry for your loss and i want to thank you for um for that reminder for all of us for losing your father to answer your question practically, that you said this is the worst pain I've ever gone through. It feels like a nightmare. I just want to wake up. Please send prayers and guidance. McKenna, this is so fresh. And that's what you're going through. We're like a month out from losing your dad. And this is the worst pain you've gone through. Yeah, absolutely. You could validate that. That is, that is true. And you have every right to say that and believe that. But I could tell you this. This year is going to be tough. Next year will be not as tough. Year three will be not as tough as year two. Year four will be a little bit easier. Now you're still going to grieve them. You're still going to think about them, but it just, it gets a little bit easier to tolerate. You get a little bit more used to the pain of it. You become, you become more acquainted with the feeling of grief and you could explain it to yourself easier. Right now, it's just shock. It's just like, I, I've never felt anything like this before, and it hurts, and I hate it, and I'm, I, can't, I can't feel like I could wake up from this nightmare. But you will. Time. Just time. Next question. Subject line says, podcast. Email says, hey, Granger, it's Kyle. I'm 23 from New York and currently wrapping up with the college in spring semester and plan on moving to Tennessee. What are some tips on restarting and starting a fresh life in a new space 
What are some different ways to feel comfortable? I love listening to your podcast. Hashtag Yee Nation. Thanks, Granger. It comes from Kyle. Kyle, thanks for the email, buddy. That's a great adventure, man. 23, moving from New York to Tennessee. I moved from Texas to Tennessee when I was 20. So uh, three years younger than you, I was doing something very similar. And uh, I remember it very well. I didn't know a single person in Tennessee. Um, And I went to, I was going to write for a a publishing company there. And I had met the the guy that signed me to EMI Publishing, but he was like 10 years older than me. And I didn't really know him and I didn't know anybody else. So uh, what did I do? I mean, because this is a really good question for me because I lived it, this exact thing. I remember I had, a, I had a friend, a mutual friend back home in Texas that had the name and phone number of a girl that lived in Tennessee, right? And so I had this number. It's the only number I had. And I moved to Tennessee on July the 2nd. And I remember I sat there on July the 2nd. I moved into my apartment and, you know, just kind of took a walk around the apartment and, you know, got a hold of my surroundings, went and got some pizza or something. And then the second day rolls around and I did the same thing, just kind of put things away, put things into the closet and under the bed and all that kind of stuff. And then by day three, it was July 4th. And everyone was going to these firework parties and having fun July 4th. And I thought, okay, I got to do something. Like this, it's getting to me now. So I pulled out that number, that girl. And then I said, her name was Angela. And I said, uh, hi, Angela. Um, my name is Granger. We, we have a mutual friend back in Texas. And she's like, oh yeah, he told me about you. And I said, hey, um, she said, you don't know anybody, do you? And I said, no, no, I don't know anybody. And she said, all right, I got some friends coming over for 4th of July. Why don't you come over to, uh, to this apartment? Gave me the address. So I drove over there and I walked in. I didn't know anybody. And I was like, hey, and, you know, met this guy, met this girl, met this guy. I didn't know anybody. And I was, I was kind of introverted. You know, I didn't really know. It was my first time really venturing out of, into a new state. And then I met this one guy. He's kind of a young guy about my age. And he pops up and he's kind of got shaggy hair. And he goes, hey, what's up? I heard you're from Texas. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm from I'm from Texas. He goes, "Me too." And I was like, "Oh, really?" He's like, "Yeah, my name's Bernie." And I was like, oh, "Hey, I'm Granger." He's like, "Yeah, let's hang out." And I was like, "Okay." And we instantly became friends. Yes, that's I'm talking about Bernie, the the guest that I've had many, many times on this podcast. That's how I met Bernie. So, hey, Kyle, I'm telling you, there's a there's a positive thing you gotta look forward to when you're moving to Tennessee. You could meet somebody like Bernie, but it takes take it takes that step that making that phone call that to go out on a limb. And surely you know more than one phone number like I did. Surely you've got a better connection than that. Um, more practically speaking, get out, go, go do something that you love. Like follow your hobbies. I always tell people, follow your hobbies. Like go, if, say you like skeet shooting. Well, go find the skeet shooting club in Tennessee. Say you like fishing. 
Go find the bass fishing club. Go to the bass fishing shop. Go to bass pro shops. Go go look at the new rod and reels and talk to the guy that's selling them and go, hey, man, where's the good where's good bass fishing around here? And he's like, man, I got a secret spot down here in the Harpeth River. And you're like, Harpeth, Harpeth River? Where's that? And he's like, you want to meet me about 5 p.m. or meet out here, me and a couple guys meet in the parking lot and we head down there. And you're like, yeah, I got nothing to do at 5. I'll meet you at 5 p.m. Listen, that's a, that's a hypothetical situation, but that stuff really happens. Just follow your hobbies. Go to the things you love to do and start conversations with people. Let me correct one thing you said, and then I'll finally finish with your question. You said, what are some different ways to feel comfortable? I want to challenge you on that, Kyle. I want to challenge you. If you're trying to get into a place and restart, these are your words, tips on restarting and starting fresh, then I want to challenge you to stop looking for ways to feel comfortable and dig into ways that make you feel uncomfortable because that will lead to the settling and the restarting and the starting fresh that you need. It takes it takes shaking things up. It takes it takes moving things around and getting things out of place a little bit so that when they resettle, that's the restart, the fresh start that you're looking for. So don't always look for ways to be comfortable. Comfortable leads to lonely. Comfortable leads to no new friends. Comfortable leads to a boring life sitting on the couch in your apartment. Get uncomfortable. Start conversations with strangers. That's uncomfortable. That will lead to the fresh start you need. Let's take a break and be right back. A unique gift idea for this holiday season is a video from me, and it's super easy. You do it at cameo.com slash Granger Smith, and I'll make you a video custom right here on my phone to whatever you want me to say. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy birthday, Happy anniversary, maybe some uplifting words, maybe just some words of encouragement. I do this all the time, especially around the holiday season. It's super easy for me to make you a cameo video straight to your phone from mine, saying whatever you want. You can also download the Cameo app and search for me, Granger Smith. It's super easy. You know what might be even better than that is Omaha Steaks. How cool is the gift of sending meat? to someone. I think that's the greatest gift. Or, I mean, for me, if hey, if anyone out there wants to give me a present, give me a steak because I could put it in the freezer and then on any given occasion, I could pull it out. And these Omaha steaks are incredible, 100% guaranteed or your money back. They come flash frozen. You just stick them in the freezer. You pull it out whenever you want. I think that's the greatest gift to give a family, especially people that you don't really know what to give them or maybe they have everything. Maybe your in-laws. In fact, that's how I first learned about Omaha Steaks is I got it from my in-laws and I absolutely loved it. I mean, breaking bread with your family is one of the most important things we could do as a family. And then Omaha Steaks can guarantee that you have a really good meal when you do it. I mean, this is the world's best beef, naturally aged for the ultimate in tenderness, juiciness, and flavor. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated packages for you to take the guest work out of gifting and make you the holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use the code GRANGER at checkout to get an additional $30 off your order. Send an assortment of 
mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress like the legendary butcher's cut filet mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code GRANGER at checkout. Omaha Steaks, it's the gift from the heart. Seriously, a gift that can be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing that you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com, 50% off site-wide, plus use my promo code GRANGER at checkout to get an extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Back to the podcast. All right, digging back into these questions here. Um, this next one says, subject line, the girl from work. Ooh, that's going to be a good one, I bet. It says, hey, Granger, I'm 19. I'm from Texas. So there's this girl at work that I like. And we've been texting back and forth almost all day the past few days. And she's already told me she likes me and she loves talking to me. But there's always a but. She already has a boyfriend. She's told me about that and how that she still loves him and she doesn't want to hurt him. And how do I stay friends with her and keep the same energy and consistency going with that friendship while also not sabotaging their relationship? Or do I even try? We've shared so much of the last few days and I feel like she knows me better than anyone. I don't want to lose the friendship because I love talking to her so much and I know she loves talking to me. I'd like to stay anonymous, Granger. Thanks for the podcast. Love your work. Okay. Um, All right, Anonymous. We'll call you that. 19 from Texas. Shout out to my home state where we are right now. And um, this is easy. This is easy. And it can go a couple different ways, but it's, but it's really cut and dry. And your story, it's not, it's not crazy. Um, It's not, it's not out of the ordinary. And um, I understand you clearly. As though we're sitting in the cab of the truck. I got it. I got it. I got your story. Okay. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you, bro. Um, You have two ways of looking at this. One, or first of all, let me tell you this. You like this girl more than friends. You are attracted to this girl. You have a connection with her. You have a heart connection to her. Don't deny that. Okay. This is more than a friendship. You're not going to be happy with being friends with this girl forever. And it it doesn't work that way anyway. Guys and girls cannot be besties and still have a normal life. It doesn't work that way without one person starting to feel for the other one in a new way and more than friends way. Okay. You could argue with me. You could get, you could blow up my comments and say, no, that's not true. I've, I've been besties with this girl for 20 years and we're both married and have kids. That's with other people. It's not, just can't happen without someone, one of the two, liking the other person more than friends, and then and then it gets bad, okay? So I'm going to point out that you like this girl more than friends, meaning that you cannot stay friends with her and be happy. That's not going to work. It will, it's not going to work, okay? Um, so you can go, to, go about this two different ways. One, you cut this off. You're like, hey, and you could be honest with her. You could be honest with her. You could say, hey, um, I'm going to really back this down and, um, personal reasons. I I don't, I, I, uh, 
I'm getting a little attached to you and, and you're dating somebody. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pull back. Okay. That's one way you could do it. The other way you could do it is this. You could say, Hey, I don't think it's right that we share so much and that we're getting so close and that you have a boyfriend. I don't think it's right that we do that. Wait for her reaction. If she says, you're right, we shouldn't. Then, okay, there's your answer. You pull back immediately. You're out. You're out. Hold to your word and stay out, okay? You're not doing any good for anybody by staying in this little chit-chatty, bestie phase. If she says, I like you too, I feel the same way about you. Then you say, okay, let's pursue this, but I will not do it until you break up with your boyfriend. Because regardless of me, you shouldn't be dating this guy anyway. It's not fair to him. It's not fair to you. If your eye is wandering around and you're liking other guys, you got to break it off right now. Give her time, let her do it, hold your ground, don't advance. Keep your army back, don't advance, okay? Leave that to her, give her space. I'm talking about like a month. Let her let her break it up, okay? And then let her sit for a month just to make sure. Like you don't want her to just run back, okay? After a month, take it slow. Start with coffee, start these conversations back up again. During that month, there is no bestie conversations, okay? There's no more of this, this chit-chatty back and forth. She knows me better than anybody. I've been opening up my whole world to her. And I've just got her. I just, she's got the key to my heart. No more keys to your heart, buddy. You keep that key in your own hand, okay? And that's it. There's no, there's no other way around it. It's really cut and dry. Um, your story's common. Um, people fall in love all the time while they're dating somebody else. But you got to chop it off real quick, Okay. Let me just give you a hint here. The best girls are usually in a relationship because they're they're good girls. They're in a relationship. You know, like they're in hot demand. So when you meet a good girl, she's either going to be in a relationship and jump ship and come to you quickly, or you're going to realize it and just back off and not sabotage. Either way, it's cut and dry. You got your work cut out for you. Stay disciplined. Okay. No more chit-chatty bestie. Next question. Subject line says, break up. Hey, Granger. My name is Matt. I'm 23 from California. I just went through a pretty rough breakup with a girl that I was with for about a month. I honestly thought she was the one. But I think I just got my hopes up too much. Any advice on how to recover and move on? Love the podcast. Yee-yee. All right, Matt. 23 from California. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast. And as you, you've probably heard me um, kind of walk down this path before, but here's what I'm going to say. You were with this girl for about a month. And you had a rough, you had a rough breakup after a month? Really? Like, really? That's... You thought she was the one? You got your hopes up too much? Sorry, I'm kind of rereading and rethinking everything here. You went through a really rough breakup with a girl that you were with for a month. You thought she was the one, 
you got your hopes up too much. My first question to you, my first comment to you as a buddy, Matt, you came to me as a friend. I hope that you look at us as, as friends. We're sitting in the cab of the truck and you're like, hey, Granger, dude, can I run something by you, man? I've been, I've been seeing this girl for like a month and she broke up with me. It was really bad. And I thought she was the one and I just got my hopes up too much. I'd say, Matt, shut your mouth, bro. What are you talking? What do you mean? What do you mean a month? You gave your heart away in a month and you thought she was the one and you got your hopes up too much and now she crushed you because you didn't see something coming. You didn't, you didn't, you were blinded by this affection in your heart and you gave away your heart. You weren't guarded at all. And you were obviously blinded by uh, something that you didn't see because you, you didn't, you didn't see that she wasn't in it or she was a really good actress or maybe you were in California. Maybe she's in Hollywood it, or all of the above. But um, regardless, I'd say, Matt, nope, stop it. Nope, stop. I'd, say, I'd grab, you, grab you by the collar and I'd say, come on, we're hanging out, me and the boys. We're all going out and we're going to stop thinking about this girl. And next time, Matt, you're not going to fall this, this quickly because we're going to help keep you accountable. And so your buddies are going to help keep you accountable through this, okay? So your buddies are going to come in and you're going to say, hey, guys, I fall kind of quickly for girls. So um, if that happens again, will you just kind of grab me and say, Matt, back up, hit the brakes, bro. Hit the brakes, okay? Easy. Easy on the girls, Matt. And so the danger now for you is a rebound because this could happen again. Man, I'm giving you tough love and I'm not ragging on you. It might sound like I'm being funny and ragging on you, but um, we get, as guys, we get blinded. Girls, I can't speak for you, but guys, we get blinded sometimes and we can't see the outside perspective. We're only inside and we get these, these blinders on and we can't see, oh, this is great. Oh, she broke up with me. Um, we didn't see it coming. So we need people around us, wise counsel, good buddies around us that go, hey, Matt, hey, get, get back over here, man. Stop talking to that girl. You know what? Remember what happened last month? You're going to do this all over again. You got Google eyes all over this girl again. You're just drooling. On, you know, get back here, man. And you're like, yeah, guys, sorry. <laughs> sorry, man. Yeah, just I fall. You know, I give my heart away for girls. Keep me accountable, okay? So wise counsel, keep your buddies around you, warn them that this has happened before. It could definitely could happen again. Okay. Stay aware, Matt, stop it. Stop falling for girls in one month and getting your heart broken and thinking she's the one and getting your hopes up. Got it? Cool. Next question. Subject line says Bible. B-Y-B-E-L. Hey, Granger, I need advice. How can I help my husband to want to read the Bible? I want, I, when I read to us at night, he does not really seem interested. We really don't go to church because he does not want to, and I do not want to go alone. Thank you. Much love from South Africa, Suki. Suki, thank you so much. And Bible, B-Y-B-E-L. That is, uh, that's interesting. Um, shout out to South Africa and our South Af all of our millions of South Africa listeners to the podcast. I'm just kidding. You might be the only one, Suki, but wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? I'm so I'm so blessed that you're um, you're sharing with me and you're opening up. So yeah, it's a great question. It's really a great question. My, my first thing I would challenge you with on this on your question, 
you said, we really don't go to church because he does not want to go and you don't want to go alone. And I can understand that. But I would challenge you into trying to go with a friend so that you could go with a friend. And there are, there are many examples in the Bible where a, a believing wife converts an unbelieving husband through her faithfulness, through her grace to him. And so I would challenge you to give him grace and stay faithful and stay serving him even when it, it doesn't feel like you should, and even when it doesn't feel like he's responding at all to you or, or to the Bible or to church or to your faith at all, just continue to be faithful to him because that says something. He's like, can you imagine th- he's thinking, this, this wife, I, I just, I badmouth her religion. I don't want to go to her place of worship. I don't want to read the book that she likes to read. And yet, she still loves me. She's still faithful to me when I don't even deserve it. That says something. Like that you become a missionary with that. that that's, that's your place of evangelism. That's fertile ground right there. Your husband right in your own house. Um, so keep that in mind is the foundation of what we're talking about here. Uh, but, but you cannot help. Listen, Suki, you cannot help your husband want anything, <laughs> including reading the Bible. You can't help your husband want to read the Bible, just like you can't help your husband want to eat steak when he loves chicken. Like, I really want him to love steak, but he just loves chicken. He wants to eat chicken all the time. I want him to eat steak. You can't do that. You can't change somebody's wants. So first of all, you saturate this in prayers. You're like, God, God, break into his life. Break into his heart. Invade him, God. Invade his spirit. Come into his life in, in a radical way and help me be the wife that shows him what you are what your glory is, what your beautiful grace is, and what you've done to me, the peace and joy and hope you've given me. Let that radiate out so he sees it and it affects him and it bothers him and it rattles him so much that he wants to know more about it. And then open that heart. Give him a new heart. Give him a clean, fresh heart of flesh. Replace that heart of stone. Invade it. Destroy it. These are the prayers that I would just saturate every day in your house. God, break through in a radical way. Break through the heart of my husband because I can't do it and he can't do it. With man, it's impossible, but with God, anything is possible. And I trust you. You will deliver him. These, these are the prayers I just want you to meditate on and just let that just permeate in your thoughts, in your mind, on the tip of your tongue all day and all night as you read your Bible. And you, don't, you can't make him want to, but you could read it and, and show delight in it and continue to, to be fed with it and thirst for it and hunger for it. And then you could go to church with a friend. And you could just feast on that word as you go and you have fellowship with all the fellow believers there with you in South Africa. And you just go to this church and you enjoy it and you come back and he says, how was it? And you go, it was, it was, it was amazing. Maybe one day you can go. And he's like, nope, 
and you're like, okay, I still love you. I still want to serve you. I still want to be faithful to you. Maybe one day you'll go. And he's like, nope. And you're like, okay. But don't hold resentment for him. Don't get angry with him. Does that make sense? That's what the Bible tells you to do. You can't change his wants. Remember that. It's still a great question, Suki. Shout out to you, and and thank you so much for emailing and listening. Let's hit another one here. Trouble with relationship and finding one. Hey, Granger, my name is Luke. I'm 18 years old, living in College Station and working on a farm right now. I'm planning on starting school again at Blinn in the spring of 2023. I just broke up with this girl I met here in College Station. We've been dating for only three weeks, and things got pretty serious so quickly with her. We even stated saying, started saying, I love you to each other. And we spent every day together and we would stay up late at night together. And she would get mad if we weren't together all the time. Even if I wanted to hang out with my friends, she would get upset. But I knew, but I know that she really liked and loved me a lot because she would help me with stuff I needed help with. She was also a Catholic and I'm Baptist. So I asked her if she would ever switch back from being Catholic and she said no. So I ended with her because I don't like the stuff the Catholic Church does. Instead of trying to compromise with her, I told her we're done. I know it broke her heart and now I feel really bad and guilty for her because we even met each other's families so quick. I need help in figuring out if I should try to get back with her and go to my church while she attends the Catholic Church or if I should just move on from her. I am scared that if I move on from her, that I will be lonely and it'll be hard to try again with a different girl. Love the podcast. Thank you. All right, Luke, my buddy, 18, College Station. I lived there. That was where I lived. Uh, before I moved to Nashville. So that's how this whole thing is coming full circle. I appreciate the question. It's a good question, and it's an easy answer. You just can't see it, Luke. And I'm going to tell you, you can't see because you're in it, and you're blinded. You got these guy blinders on, and I'm looking from the outside perspective, and you're in the truck, and I'm going to grab you by the neck, and I'm going to say, Luke, stop it. I believe that's the second time I've done this on this episode of the podcast, but I'm going to say, Luke, stop it. Here's the deal. Let me explain. Tough love. And I truly do love you, Luke. And and all you people that write, I just, I, my heart goes out for you. And um, and I want to give you the, the best answer that I have. And so I'm going to explain what you're not seeing and what I do see, not because I'm smarter than you, but just simply because I'm not involved in the relationship. I'm outside of it looking in. So I see the whole perspective, right? And you don't. You didn't break up with her because of the Catholic thing. You broke up with her because she smothered you. You broke up with her because you moved too quickly with her and you didn't love her as much as she loved you and you spend every day and night together and she would get mad if you weren't together all the time. These are your words. Even if you went to hang out with your friends, she would get upset. That's why you broke up with her. She totally smothered you out. And then you used the Catholic thing as your excuse to break up. 
You know how I always say we we make excuses when we break up because it makes us feel better and we like to lighten the blow on the person that we're we're breaking up with because we want to go easy on them. You didn't hey, tough love here, Luke. You didn't want to tell her, babe, I gotta break up with you because you smothered me and you wanna be with me all the time and you don't even let me be with my friends and you're driving me crazy. That's what you didn't want to tell her. So instead, you chose an easier route by using a religious argument saying, hey, um, I'm like really big Baptist and you're like seem to be pretty big Catholic and that's just not going to work. So do you want to switch over to Baptist knowing that she wouldn't? And she says no. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a deal breaker. I'm out. Right? That's what you used. And so then a little time goes by and the dust settles and you go, whoa, it's really quiet here. I, I, like, I'm used to being around this girl 24-7, and now it's really quiet, and I'm, I'm kind of lonely. Wait, wait, it, how long is this loneliness going to be here? And, and maybe I'll never be in a relationship ever again, and maybe she wasn't that bad. And I did meet her parents, and her parents were pretty cool, and we met each other's families, and maybe this whole Catholic thing wasn't that bad idea. Maybe she just smothered me, and that wasn't that bad. And I, I didn't even need my friend. My friends weren't that good. At, I, I'm not going to be lonely forever. That's what your brain just did. And so then you emailed the podcast wondering what to do. So I'm going to tell you, bro, you're you're good, okay? You're not going to get back with this girl. Put the phone down. Don't text her again. Looking back in hindsight, it's always going to seem better. It's always going to seem like she maybe she's better than she was. But I need you to put yourself back in that moment when she was smothering you and spending. She was mad at you if you didn't spend every waking hour with her and she didn't even let you visit your friends. That's not love. That's obsession. You were satisfying something in her that she needed and she was getting all her identity and her her self-esteem and her worth and her happiness. She was getting it from you. She was drawing it from you. She was just like farming you. She was she was mining you, right? For happiness and loneliness and self-esteem and worth. And she was just mining it all out of you. And that's not love. That's obsession. Okay. Remember that. It's not, hey, this is not her fault. It doesn't make her a bad person. You guys either had bad chemistry together and another guy will be better with her or she has things that that usually start with daddy issues that she hasn't been able to resolve that she probably will as she gets older, but she's, I'm assuming she's a teenager and it's just, she hasn't been able to resolve that yet, but, but she will and she'll get better, but not for you. Don't think about it. You're okay. You're 18. Everything is going to be fine and you don't need her. You don't need a girlfriend at all. You're not going to be lonely. Go back to your friends and apologize to them and say, guys, I'm so sorry for the last bit I was with this girl and she kind of pushed me out and and didn't let me hang out with you. And they're going to be like, yeah, bro, we know. That girl was psycho. And you're going to be like, I mean, she was, yeah, I guess so. So uh, you're good. You're going back to Blinn. There's there's lots of opportunities uh, for really nice girls that you'll meet at Blinn. And I would say, don't jump into another one right now. You're 18. You got a lot of time. Love you, bro. Appreciate you emailing. And to everyone, thank you for listening. We'll see you next Monday. Yee-yee.
Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.